Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available in stores including Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation by first getting our financial house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. Now more than ever, we must grow our wealth, follow our passions, live with compassion, and find a way to achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Just as it has been in prior generations, the ideal of the American dream is being challenged, not just because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, but because of the callous murder of a fellow black man, George Floyd, that we all got to see. The example of his abuse, and that of many others, cuts through the core of the American dreams I have believed in all of my life. I have a persistent belief that all are created equal, worthy of respect, deserving of opportunity, and the ideals of the American dream live inside all of us. I thank you for supporting dreams, your dreams, by listening to this podcast. The purpose of this content is to educate listeners and for them to inform others. This episode is part of a series of recorded Zoominars from my Jason Howell Company YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the video versions. In my business life, my wealth management firm collaborates with many experts. Together, we transform regular investors into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families and their communities. This episode features some of that expertise. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, Impact Investing in Women and the Arts with Valerie Novikov, founder of the Broadway Women's Fund. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Jason Howell Company Speaker Series Zoominars. My name is Jason Howell, and as always, I'm happy to share my network, not only with our Jason Howell Company clients, but all of you, our friends and family, our network of friends and family. Uh, today, we've got a great, important episode. Yes, it's on impact investing, which is a very serious topic. But it's really nice when you can have a topic that says Broadway uh, somewhere in the title or in the description. And in fact, we have such a word in our description today. We've got the Broadway Fund, uh, a fund that was started by Valerie Novikov. And Valerie is here to tell us a little bit about it, how we can invest in women and the arts. But before she tells us all about that, let's just meet Valerie, okay? Okay. Uh, Valerie, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Jason. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. And of course, where are you Zooming in from? I'm zooming in from Midtown Manhattan, uh, pretty close to Times Square. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. We know there's lots of snow where you are. There is. If you hear anything, it might be snow falling from my windows. <laughs> okay. It's pretty loud recently. <laughs> Got a little TikTok on mine as well. So how has your day been so far? You probably do a lot of these. Has it been a busy day of Zooms or has it been more writing or calling folks for your fund? What's it been like? Uh, today, actually, so far has been pretty quiet. I have a few meetings later today, um, but I spent the first half 
of the day working on wealth management stuff. Um, and then I took a little walk in the snow um, and now I'm here. Well, then you're primed and ready for us and wealth management stuff. Wow. You, you sound like me. That's what yeah. I did today. <laughs> yeah. um, wealth management stuff is the best. All right. Well, we're going to have people coming in, I think, a little bit throughout and early on. But I guess most people have uh, already gotten in here to the show. And so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Just to note to everyone here, if you've got a question for Valerie, go right ahead and put it in the chat. I will read out your question when it's time for Q&A ahead of our predetermined questions. Okay, so we're gonna be all right. Um, first, let me make sure I've got everything synced up here. I think I do. So here we go. Over to our screen. No, you know, I don't have it where I'd like to have it. So we're gonna wait here. Valerie, you have to tell some jokes. Knock, <laughs> <laughs> uh, knock. Who's there? I don't have anything. I wasn't prepared for this. Fine, then we'll just share the screen. <laughs> Here we go. All right, everyone. If you came to how to, vest, how to Invest in Women and the Arts with Valerie Novikoff, you've come to the right Zoominar. Valerie, we're so happy to have you. Uh, impact investing is an important part of what we try to do as a firm, and I think an important part of anyone's portfolio. So we're really glad to have you. We're gonna get into some good detail with you, your background and some Q&A in a bit. But first, a word from our sponsor. Jason Howell Company is a family wealth and institutional wealth management firm that empowers the community, a one family at a time work and one nice nonprofit institution at a time uh, wealth work. So we're so happy to do that. We also empower the community by having conversations like this with Valerie, talking to experts who are doing the kinds of things that we admire within the community and that maybe we can pass on to our network of friends and family. For more information about Jason Howell Company, just go to jasonhowell.com. And here we have it. This is a snippet of Valerie's life uh, in her bio here, her abridged bio, uh, which we tried to condense to one page. So more than the number stuff, you wealth management -y person, Valerie, that you're becoming, uh, let's talk a little bit about your actual Tony Award-winning Broadway work, uh, beginning, I guess, with this associate producer work. How was that? It was amazing. It's great. Um, yeah, I started off working uh, on Broadway about 10 years ago. Um, I started as a finance assistant on Broadway shows such as Wicked um, and Fun Home and If Then. Uh, and that meant doing sort of the uh, bookkeeping of Broadway shows, doing payroll. Um, I grew from there to be a general management assistant, which meant started taking over contract work, um, the day-to-day -day running of the shows. Um, and from there, I became what I was always meant to be in many ways, which was a producer. Um, and wow. the producer oversees all of that work and is sort of the CEO of the company of the Broadway show, um, which introduces working with investors, which is one of my favorite aspects of uh, working on Broadway. And that's over this Davenport theatrical, $25 million of Broadway investments. Uh, yeah. What's that about? I don't, I don't really know how that works. Yeah, so uh, Davenport Theatrical is a Broadway producing office. Uh, the president is Ken Davenport, who's a Tony Award winning uh, Broadway producer. Um, and essentially, uh, I was in charge of investor relations uh, for this company, which meant working directly with investors, which are individuals, family offices, um, and uh, walking them through the investment process, pitching them some of our shows that align with their um, financial goals as well as their mission related goals. Um, 
And uh, I was their first point of contact when we had updates on the shows. I sent distributions from QuickBooks. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I have numbers, that right? explained to me too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was in charge of our big events. So I did uh, our Tony Awards parties. Um, uh, we did our opening night parties, which are these huge fun events in, in, Man in Manhattan. I have a feeling you're going to have a better answer to this than, than I was able to have. And so I, I used to be an accountant. I spent some time in the entertainment industry. And the first question I'd get a lot of times was, do you get to meet the artists? And the answer was effectively, no, I got to meet their accountants unless it was an accident. <laughs> um, but did you get to meet Sean Hayes? It sounds like you may have been able to. I, I love that his name is highlighted here. Um, yes, yes, I did. And he's actually much taller in person than you would think. Okay. Okay. I believe that. Very nice. <laughs> so he is a very nice, nice person. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> now you, you've also been referenced in some uh, pretty neat publications, both the Times and Fast Companies with just your, your viewpoint and what you've seen about women leadership in Broadway. Uh, tell us about these two stats that are on here. 28% of Broadway. I think folks in the past um, five years or so had a female producer. Is that right? In the past, yeah, in the past five years, 28% okay. um, of Broadway shows had a female lead producer. Um, so one fun fact about Broadway is that there are two types of, or several types of producers, but two main types of producers. So when you're at a Broadway show and you're looking at the, the uh, title page, which has all the names of the artists and the uh, creative team on it, above the title of the show, you'll see a ton of names, right? So the lead producer is usually the first one or two or three people on that list. And the other uh, 15 to 25 people or so are called co-producers um, and they don't have as much of a hands-on role. Um, they usually raise money and are in charge of, um, you know, working with their own investors. And so you're talking about the lead producer here. Yeah, so the what I was really interested in is the leadership on Broadway. Who, okay. who are, is who's holding these shows? Uh, who's holding these positions on Broadway? Um, so I led a research activity that um, came to show that only twenty eight percent of the big, huge Broadway shows on Broadway have women in these leadership producing positions. Um, so I was curious about you know what what about the other leadership positions, right? The other C suite roles on Broadway. Um, which are, you know, sort of the director and the writers of the project. Uh, so in the 2018-2019 Broadway season, which was our last full season, <laughs> sadly, yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> um, only 13% of these shows were directed by women. And the same stat, also 13% were written by women. Boy, that really says something. Yeah, and tell yeah. us about this venture capital stat here. Yeah, so this is even worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Looks like it. It, it is. Uh, so in the larger world, you know, outside of the entertainment industry, women are not being invested in, in a, a larger global scale. Um, and you would think that with all the press surrounding um, this issue, certainly in the past few years, that it would change, but really it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed enough in venture capital, um, especially uh, with the coronavirus. During the coronavirus time in the past year, women actually had a smaller amount of capital being allocated to them. 
enter Valerie Novikov right here. Here she comes. We're going to change some of this. Well, before we go to the Q&A, and there's so much to learn about your fund and really impact investing in general, uh, tell us about becoming an NEIII fellow in Boston, I believe. Yeah, so the New England Impact Investing Initiative. Okay. Um, it's a lot of eyes. Yes, <laughs> I cubed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is a new program. I'm in the inaugural fellowship program, um, and their goal is to introduce uh, young, diverse talent to the impact investing landscape. Um, so we, it's mostly uh, networking and education opportunities. So we have webinars on, you know, how do you do an impact investing deal? Um, you know, what does it mean to create an impact investment fund? Uh, that sort of uh, line of thinking, and it's been really exciting so far. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're doing it. I'm sure that you will be a wonderful inaugural fellow and keep the program going. Uh, hopefully all around the country will start having some of those. Well, let's talk about investing in an art and women. But first of all, if you can help us level set a little bit, what exactly is impact investing or what's an impact investing fund? Yeah, so an impact investing fund is a vehicle in which to use capital uh, to change something, right? <laughs> um, and an yeah. <laughs> investing fund uh, can be structured in many different ways. Um, I think ETFs are impact investing funds, mutual funds are impact investing funds, um, and it can also be a private equity fund. Um, the Broadway Women's Fund is a private equity structured fund. Um, yeah. It's not philanthropy. Uh, it could be philanthropy. Um, you could have a philanthropic fund that donates to um, initiatives that um, further a mission. Absolutely. But when you're investing in such a fund, as, as an investor, from their point of view, they're still expecting a return on investment. Is that still the expectation? Yeah. So it's aligning impact with capital. Um, yeah. Saying that investing in this is not only the right thing to do, it's simply good business. Mm -hmm. And so you get to sort of do well by doing good is, is the phrase that I've heard for stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you told us a little bit about your studies and, um, and what you're seeing as far as gender diversity, but I bet you have a bit more to say. What, do you, what else are you seeing in Broadway as far as metrics and just, you know, your studies kind of dug up? Yeah, I, you know, I don't have anything good to say about this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't say good to say. I just knew more to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think we're in dire straits, right? So I gave you the stats on what's happened, what happened in the past before the COVID-19 pandemic really impacted our industry. Um, something important to know, you know, the finance industry on Wall Street, right? The percentage of women in leadership after the 2008 financial crisis took a dive. And I don't see any reason why we won't see the same thing happening on Broadway as well. That's a shame. It is, um, and I don't think that they fully recovered the position, the women in leadership uh, percentages from before 2008. <laughs> so hopefully it'll take Broadway a much shorter amount of time. Um, but what's fascinating is that um, the Broadway audience is 66% women. On the road, when you see big fancy productions um, in regional theaters, the audience is 73% women. Wow. Well, wow. and then tell us about the people on stage. I would assume the percentages are higher of women on stage as well. 
Yes, they are higher. It's almost closer to equality there, um, except that Actors' Equity, um, which is the union for actors and Broadway shows, uh, they still report higher percentages of men on equity contracts than women. So does that mean the women are there, but they're not on the right kinds of contracts? No, they wouldn't be there. Um, okay. so on Broadway, you have to be Actors' Equity uh, in order to appear on stage. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there are still men being hired at a higher rate than women on Broadway, even in the actress' positions. Got it. And so what you're saying is you're you're seeing maybe parity, both hiring a little bit more on the male side. Uh, that said, the audiences are more female. And your hypothesis is it would be beneficial to the community to actually have more female leadership, be it producers, be it directors. Absolutely. So if our creative team, the folks you know, creating these productions more closely resembled our audience, I think that you would see higher rates of success. And in fact, you do. So when there is more than one woman on the leadership team of a musical, the recruitment rate of these Broadway shows that meet this criteria is 55%, which is more than double industry standard of 20, 20 to 25%. Say that again, when, when they do, what exactly that doubles the industry standard? Yes, so I'll say it in a different way. Um, so the success rate of a Broadway show, shows that make their money back uh -huh. in, is typically 20 to 25%. Okay. Which is better than uh, Silicon Valley, right? <laughs> of course, <laughs> much better, better than record labels. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, to mitigate your risk even further, I'm arguing to include women in these leadership positions because when you have more than one woman on the leadership team, which I uh, define as uh, the writers, the directors, or the lead producers, when more, when more than one of these three roles is women, the recruitment rate is 55%. Wow. And so don't support women because it's nice, though that would be nice. <laughs> support women if you want to succeed. Is that what you're saying? Exactly what I'm saying. Okay. So then give us an idea about, and, and folks can go over to your website, uh, the broadwaywomensfund.org. Is that right? Dot uh, com. Dot com. Okay. Broadwaywomensfund.com. Uh, but you, you tell us in your words with uh, sort of your, your energy behind it, what's, what's your mission? So the mission of the Broadway Women's Fund is to say that investing in women isn't just the right thing to do, it's good for business. Um, we advocate for women in leadership on Broadway. Um, that's my mission. Um, and I have another mission as well, which is to um, educate people on uh, entertainment investments and to incorporate them into their larger portfolios. Um, I think that entertainment investments are an underutilized tool, um, both for traditional investing, but especially in impact investing. Um, because I think, you know, if you don't include the arts in the impact investing conversation, um, you know, you can allocate funding to whatever cause you want. But if you don't have the ability to change hearts and minds, nothing's really going to change. So you look at investing in the arts as a catalyst for changing other things, because as you say, it hits the hearts and minds. Exactly. Okay. And, and what, what sort of be explicit about that? Cause people hear hearts and minds and they might think politicians. So, you know, <laughs> give us a little more on that. So, you know, if you had said to one of your clients who, uh, is interested in advocating for social justice initiatives, mm -hmm. uh, if you had given them the opportunity to invest in Hamilton per se, per se sure. um, you know, 10 years, uh, five, five years ago at this point, 
Yeah, uh, I'd be retired, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not only would they be really proud to be, you know, a supporter of that initiative, and it totally fits within their goals and their mission statement, um, but you know, they would they would see a lot of money right now. <laughs> right. You know, Hamilton is an outlier. So I always say, do not use that as, um, you know, a benchmark for Broadway or anything. It's like, uh, it's like the Google, uh, it's like investing in Google, right? It's very unlike yeah, yeah. Yeah. something How like can that. You do it? <laughs> when, when you say hearts and minds, um, yeah, I had that, that last question around there was, do you believe that animating people's emotions um, is a part of that movement so that, that that in and of itself is important uh, beyond just the um, just the idea of making the community better, exactly. I or, think or that's a, or that's a pathway to make it better. I you I couldn't have said it any better myself. Yes, that is okay. absolutely a big part of the impact investing goal. Right, is to get people to see what what it is and what it could be, whatever it is that you're advocating for, um, is to you know endear people to your cause. Nice. And dear people to your cause. That sounds wonderful. Uh, we've got two questions in the chat. So I'm going to jump to them. Uh, this one is from, I believe it's Holly. And she says, I'm a female writer. Our director is female as it is, as is our executive producer, Sue Gilead or Sue Gilad. Would we be able to find support from the Broadway women's funds for our show? <laughs> so send me an email, Holly. Um, okay. The Broadway Women's Fund uh, invests in late stage shows to mitigate risk. Um, and by that, <clears throat> I mean, we invest in shows once they have a Broadway theater attached. Um, so once you do have a Broadway theater, send it my way and we'll put it through our, um, uh, our uh, put it through our, our you know, uh, our rigorous screening process to just. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> These cats uh, are, are distracting. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm sure, <laughs> plus the snow above you. And, <laughs> and I didn't mention, and I'm happy to mention audibly, because um, I, I thought it was a second question, but it's an addition, uh, that this very same show champions autism awareness is my guess. Uh, so there's an element of impact within the element of impact, which is terrific. Perfect. Um, thank you for that, Holly. Always good to get questions from the chat. How do you choose your investments, Valerie? So... The rigorous screening process that I uh, mentioned, uh, we, we invest late stage, and this is to mitigate risk as much as possible. Um, so as I mentioned, Broadway shows, uh, the recruitment rate is 20 to 25%. Um, when there's more than one woman involved, it's 50 to 55%. Um, but that what's important is that stat is about musicals. Uh, so we uh, prioritize musicals. Um, and that's because they have a longer shelf life on Broadway, right? They run longer, um, but also because there's licensing potential there and the original investors get a percentage of that subsidiary rights. Uh, and they can go on tour. You know, you might see these productions in your local theaters. Um, you might see them in their schools. Um, and that's really the sweet spot of Broadway investing is, is the longevity as the shows that have the longest life. Um, that's our priority. Uh, we also invest late stage because at that point we know which theater they're going into and you can actually do the math and say the show has to run for x number of weeks on broadway with you know this ticketing structure um, in order to recoup our investment um, and that's an important aspect too and so like in the case of a holly you know you it's almost like maybe you would see her group and her show off broadway before you'd see it 
you know, on Broadway? Is that the thinking like you, I would have heard about you by now, or is that the thinking? Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of shows that go from off Broadway to Broadway, um, uh, regional theaters to Broadway. Um, potentially I know Sue, she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All he's connected, I think. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm sure that Sue has a path for this project. Um, yeah, exactly. You've scheduled for a regional production. Um, so these are the types of shows that I look for, um, shows that have built up their audience have maybe worked out some of the, the kinks in the show, um, that have a, you know, they, they have already, uh, done the production. We don't usually invest in shows opening cold on Broadway. Um, very few people do. And in fact, very few shows actually open cold on Broadway these days. Um, okay. And that's, yeah, that's because investors know to look for, uh, you know, prior um, productions. Are most shows on Broadway uh, backed by investors? Yes. So there are two types of Broadway shows. Um, so there are nonprofits on Broadway, and those are that's Roundabout Theater Company, Manhattan Theater Club, um, Second Stage has a new theater, um, and then there are commercial productions. So more than half of Broadway shows are backed by individual investors, um, and these are not foundations. These are not endowments. These are individual accredited investors, like you know you and me, mm -hmm. um, if you're an accredited investor, um, you know, dentists, uh, lawyers, um, people just who love supporting the arts um, and who are interested in investing as an alternative, um, something that's not generally tied to the market, something to really diversify their portfolio in a big way, right? Sure, very big way, very alternative. <laughs> very, uh, very, someone, with the stock market. Yeah, someone once described this to me as a true alt, which I thought was great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's fun. And it's, it's a fun alt, right? It's, it's one thing to say I'm in investing in, you know, oil futures or something, because I hear it's sensible, <laughs> but it's a, it's a heck of a different thing to say I'm investing in Broadway. Like that's kind of fun. Exactly. It is a lot of fun. And there are events involved, right? If you like experiential investing, you get to go to these opening nights. Um, you get to have a drink at Sardi's and say, oh, I know that person from the show that I'm invested in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fun. a lot of fun. And I just learned what Sardi's, for those of you who are wondering, it's a hip place in New York. I just learned <laughs> that during, before we got on online here. So, um, you know, put that in your cap and just sort of remember that. Doesn't compare it to like, oh, I got invited to the oil rig to check out my investment. Exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so you mentioned accredited investors and not everyone may know that phrase, but the, it goes into this next question. Who is allowed to invest? How much do they need to bring to the table? Tell us about that. So the majority of Broadway investments, save for one that I can remember in history, which I'll go into later, um, are uh, only uh, available to accredited investors, which means you have to have a net worth of a million dollars or more, excluding your primary residence. Um, or uh, have a salary of $250,000 or more or 300 with your spouse. All right, so those are the numbers, right? Million dollar net worth without your house. And so this is very likely gonna be retirement accounts and brokerage accounts and checking and savings accounts and maybe some other stuff. Exactly. Okay. Yep, and, and then income or, or an income of 250 um, yourself or combined income of 300 with uh, a married filing joint income tax return. 
Exactly. Yeah. And you, you will have to prove this um, for the majority of your investments. So you can't just check it off and say, no, you have to send that W2 or whatever it is um, to uh, the representative of the show who will say, yep, I see that. <laughs> nice. Uh, your other questions. So typically the size of an investment on Broadway is about $25,000 in one production. Um, what we're doing with the Broadway Women's Fund, the minimum is 50,000, but that gets you into about 10 to 20 Broadway shows. Okay. Oh, that's fun. So it spreads it out a little bit instead of just one show. Yeah, it's, it's classic diversifying, um, which as you know, <laughs> is, the, is the smartest way to invest. <laughs> and, and again, the difference between not only the diversification opportunity, uh, investing in one show versus your show, I mean, effectively, maybe I could invest in two shows, right, with $50,000, but I get 10 shows with you, so 5x um, diversity, but there's also this impact portion that's a little bit maybe beyond, there's a, there's a mission behind the mission. Investing in the arts is one thing, with you there's investing in the arts and it's investing in women leadership. Yeah, exactly. So there are a couple funds that exist on Broadway. This is the very first one that has a mission statement. This okay. is the first one that stands for something. So this is the first impact investing fund on Broadway. I guess the other funds are more just, they're kind of really investing funds, not necessarily impact, though it is still investing in the arts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, then, then we've got the most important question for you, Valerie, and we know you have the answer. So please let us know the answer. Will Broadway survive COVID-19? Yeah, we will definitely survive COVID-19. It's not gonna be pretty and it's not pretty right now. I'll tell you that much. Um, I've never seen anything like this overnight. You know, everyone that I worked with lost their job. It was heartbreaking and it's still heartbreaking. Um, so we, we, do, we have to do everything we can to get these people back to work. That's, that's one of my missions. Um, but on the other side of that, I, I know that there is demand for Broadway shows. Every, every phone call I have, every person I talk to, they say, you know, I can't wait to buy a ticket to a Broadway show and sit in the theater again. So I know that we'll be back. Why do you think it's so important to people? I, I, so I don't know about you, but I've been sitting in my apartment almost alone <laughs> <laughs> for the past year, <laughs> 10 months, nine Incredible. months. Incredible. Um, and I, I miss the humanity. I miss seeing people breathe and talk and sing um, and dance. Um, and, you know, television and movies have been a lifeline right now, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. Yeah, Broadway, all the different. All right, everyone, brace yourselves. We're gonna stop the share and come back to the normal faces, though we had a pretty nice size face of Valerie on the PowerPoint, so that's not so bad. Very lucky. <laughs> now, now you've got now you've got a real animated moving face here of, uh, of both me and Valerie when she speaks. Uh, Valerie, thank you so much for enlightening us uh, just a smidge on not only impact investing, not only investing in the arts, um, but investing in the arts and women leadership, uh, hoping to save it and recover it from where it was, which was still a low point at the time, and bring it to where it needs to be over the next few years. Um, any final just suggestions or, or ideas for the listening in here? Uh, I would just say 
remember the arts, keep them top of mind, especially when we go through this recovery, this economic recovery, um, as other industries are able to open, uh, we won't be able to open right away. Probably sure. some folks are, are anticipating um, July opening for some of our biggest shows, um, but the majority won't start opening until October, November, December, um, or 2022. Um, and, you know, Remember the arts as you as you go about your daily life because we need your support. Um, Remember the arts. <laughs> Don't Mallory Novikoff, uh, co-founder and uh, managing what managing partner of the Broadway Women's Fund. Thank you so much for joining us. We have learned things, and we are now just as excited as you are to see Broadway come back. Thank you, Jason. I had a blast. Appreciate All right. it. Terrific. Stay warm in New York. Thank you. Bye-bye.